You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast, where I invite you to come along with me as we shape our own reality together. My intention is to bring out the magic in you. Now let's get started. Run away from the humdrum. We'll go to a place that is safe from greed, anger, and boredom. We'll dance and sing till sundown and feast with abandon. We'll sleep when the morning comes and we'll rise by the sound of the bird song. My name is Sloane Fremont, and today I'm going to talk to you about creating your own energized life blueprint. All right, welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. I'm your host, Sloan Fremont, and this week I am so excited. I have a special guest with me, Juan Miolin. <laughs> All right, I knew I was going to mess that up. Um, Juan is on the show with me this week, and I'm excited about this because we're going to dig into all kinds of fun and good stuff as it relates to energy, our thoughts, how we show up in the world, and so much more. I don't know where this is going to go today, but I'm really excited for it. And our theme is is that. It's, it's, it's deciding how to show up because we all get a choice in that, right? And so I'm excited Juan is here. We briefly talked on the phone prior to this interview, and we instantly connected. So I know this is going to be a good show. All right, so I want to tell you just a little bit about Juan, and then we're going to just dig right in. So Juan is a life energy coach, and he runs his own coaching services called Thrive 212, and he has over 10 years experience in the health field. He knows how it feels to be exhausted, not know what to do, and to have success, but not fulfillment. He dedicates his life to understanding the deeper workings of the mind and body to help you unlock your unstoppable energy so you can experience more fulfillment and energy each day. He has created the Energized Life Blueprint to break everything down to do just that, so you can be empowered to always be able to tap into your potential in four simple steps and do away with those Band-Aid strategies. So Juan, welcome to the show. Uh, Sloan, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really an honor to be here with you and your tribe. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I very much appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're here. So, so let's just get into this. So tell the listeners a little bit about you and about the Energized Life Blueprint that you created. So you kind of uh, hit it on the head in, in that bio. I don't want to bore everybody with, <laughs> you know, my life story, but um, I, I, saw, I saw some things in the fitness world that you know, really weren't touching on the needs of individuals and, and how we as individuals, as human beings, go so much deeper than just exercise and nutrition. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's more that we hunger for. There's more of a nutritional need. And when I say nutrition, that means feeding body, mind, soul, all those things that goes into that transformation. Right? So I, I looked at all these things. We're studying the body. The, the mind, nutrition, um, philosophy, spirituality, you know, quantum mechanics, and really putting it together and, and seeing, you know, all this, all this is really a lot more simple than, you know, the industry wants you to believe. You know, mm-hmm. if you stay confused, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna go in and buy this thing, go into this, go into that, and just continue spinning your wheels. And it's one of the things that I see a lot of people do and they're, they're feeling lost. And um, so I put together four steps. I like to call them the natural laws of, of who we are, you know, how nature intended us to live. Mm-hmm. And, um, that became the energized life blueprint because without energy, there's no creation. And we all are striving to create this vision and thrive. Um, but we can't do that if we're exhausted. Right. Well, and I think many people can relate to that, right? And especially, you know, the fitness industry, you talked about that. And, and that's your, I know that's where you came from and your background. And I can remember over the years, you know, going to different gyms or going to, you know, trying different programs or, you know, whatever it was, whatever the hot thing was at the minute, right? And and it was like, everything was always about punishment, about punishing <laughs> the body, right? Like, beat yourself into submission, right? Do this thing, even though you hate it, or it feels terrible, or you're, you know, you're, you're depriving yourself. But yet, that's, the, that it seems to be a common mindset for people to think that that's how, that's the only approach to fitness. And it's not, <laughs> you're here to tell us that, right? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's one of the things I have a big, big beef about, you know, even you know, my colleagues in the fitness industry, whether they agree with it or not, it's, it's okay. It's um, I'm about the capital T truth, you know, mm-hmm. and what, what it is, is that yes, every once in a while you want to go, you can go intense and it really creates a, this mechanism for you to adapt. But when you look at, when you look at how the the system is perpetuated. It's like, hey, if you're not getting results, you need to come in more. You need to beat yourself up. Right. You don't have enough discipline. It's on you, right? But really, if you come in more, I get paid more. You know, <laughs> so, um, like, I know that <laughs> I was I was right. the the system, and I was like, there's something wrong here, you know. And right. and I would tell my clients, I was like, hey, no sleep. You're having trouble with a relationship or whatever it might be. If you come in, we're doing recovery. Right. Right. We're not going hard. And if you don't want to come in, that that's fine. I will tell you not to come in. So I had to really ask myself that that question, or I like to say that philosophy of, you know, you can't, you can't really convince a man of the truth if his salary depends on a lie. And, right, right. Yeah, and it went down that 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 path. And it was like, you know what, there's there's definitely more to the human condition than than in what what meets the eye and what we're being told. And I felt that I seen it firsthand and I was like, no, there 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 needs to be a bigger there needs to be a bigger emphasis on recovery and regeneration. Because right. exercise, and I want people to understand this, exercise by by nature, exercise, when you go in, you go hard and you go intense. Exercise is a hormetic stressor. And what that means is that it's great because it it gives you a stress response. But it's only beneficial if you give yourself that time to recover and regenerate. Mm-hmm. If you don't give yourself that time to recover and regenerate, what happens is that you start breaking down your body. And the very purpose of why you're going to the gym becomes how you actually are breaking your body down further and aging yourself faster. Because not everyone's getting, well, many people are not getting the sleep that they need, the nutritional mm-hmm components that they need. They're not in beneficial or supporting relationships. All this has a stressor on the body. All your, your body takes all this in. And now you're beating yourself up, like you talked about, punishing yourself in the gym. And it's, quote unquote, rewarded for that hard work. And what you're doing is you're aging yourself faster, you're breaking yourself down more. And you're not you're not getting younger. You're getting right, older. and there's nothing good in that. You know, I can I as you're talking about this, I can remember a time in my life when I used to do CrossFit, and I'm not. There's nothing wrong with CrossFit if you know people like it or not like it. But back when I was doing it, I was that person, right? I was more driven by the numbers, like how much weight or how many times I went to the gym, you know, whatever that was. And then I can remember my body was in such bad. I mean, it was so to get out of bed in the morning, I would step one foot down, shooting pain all the way up to my hip. Step the other foot down, same exact thing, shooting pain all the way up to my hip. And it was just, it was just that mentality of go hard or go home. And it's like, wait a minute. No, there's, there's that emotional aspect to it that, that in listening to yourself that, you know, what your body is screaming at you, like in that case for me. And I think that's, um, you know, that's often overlooked and, and definitely under, you know, I don't think people really realize the, it's equally important as the actual workout itself. Oh, that's that's so crucial. That's so important. And I like to say, like, I'm I'm not gonna come in here and say you should do this kind of workout or you right. should do this kind of diet. Like, I am not for any specific kind of thing. What I'm for is what's what works for you. Like, what works for Sloan and her and her life. Right. You know, what works for Jim or what works for Catherine, whatever whoever you are, what works for you, right? Because you. You might be a parent, you might be an entrepreneur, you might run a business, right? So dedicating six, seven, 10 hours in the gym per week might is not viable for you, right? And, and, you don't, and you don't have to do that in order to have a healthy, strong, resilient, and vibrant body. You just don't. And it's always going to be about what fits best for you. And this is why I go to the four simple steps in terms of the the energized life blueprint because we need to have energized thoughts we need to have energized emotions we need to have clarity of where we're going and we, yes we need to have energized movement and nutrition 
but it's all going to be what works best for your world and your life. And there are some founding principles which I, I talk about, but now we, we just break it off and see what's what's most Bible for Sloan. You know? All right. What well, makes sense? And, and can you briefly tell us what those four pillars are? Or do you have a overview of that? Or is that saved for the the one on one coaching that you do? Well, if I tell you, I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, of course. Um, so the, the, the first one is really, I know a lot of people look at it as woo woo. Um, so I, I split it into either if you want to look at it as spiritual or you want to look at it mm -hmm. as purpose, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Right. Mm -hmm. That first pillar is going to be getting out of stepping out of that exhaustion. And what that is, is what that means is you can't kind of you can't heal in the same environment that you became ill in. Right. right. So like if you're eating fast food, an example is you're eating fast food, all these things and donuts and all all that. And you have and you're starting to pop vitamins. Hey, vitamins might minimally do something, but not on that <laughs> diet, not on that right. lifestyle, you know? So, so right. you're still in the same environment doing the same things as getting you ill. And what I look at is you don't have an energy problem. You have an energy distribution problem. Mm -hmm. you pro you're probably being pulled so many different ways in so many different levels in your, in your life because you probably did not, haven't gotten clear on your purpose and what you truly want to sit down and be like, what? do I truly desire in my world, in my life? And we go into, I like to call it the circle of life, go into 10 areas of your life and get clear on that, on, on that common, on that common theme. And then we go over the three or four questions for getting clear on your purpose, right? So that's the first pillar in terms of the energy, energized life. Then we go into your optimal thinking. And this is, this is more of the, the mindset but I like to say mind flow, right? I like to say mm -hmm. you're, you're stuck at where you are because your mind has been set. So let's go into mm -hmm. mind. Flow. Mm -hmm. Let's get it moving, right? Yeah, let's get let's get it moving. This mm -hmm. term neuroplasticity talks about new connections, right? The the pla being plastic. Your your brain is very plastic. Your body is very plastic. It it adapts and looks for new connections. So even though yes, we're hardwired for say fear or you know quote unquote, like doubt or something like that, right? Because it's survival. Mm -hmm. But we're also hardwired to expand. You know, we're hardwired to grow, just like anything else in nature. We're hardwired for that. Because when you're just surviving, think about how that feels. Like, yeah. yes, you're alive. Terrible. Right? I've been through it. I know. You Terrible. Know? <laughs> you know, uh, me too. <laughs> you know, we're on this journey together. So like you're surviving, you feel terrible, but guess what? Your your brain is hardwired for that, but it's also hardwired for something else because you have a yearning to expand somewhere, that growth. And it's part of nature. And when we we don't listen to that and we hold that in, that's when we run into trouble. So we go into the mindset, mind flow aspect of it and the neuroscience behind it and really dissecting, okay, what what is really going on between your ears? Not just like mm -hmm. hey, be positive and think differently and you got to be disciplined. No, let's break down what those are, what that means in a tangible way so you can really take hold of the thoughts that are ruminating in your, in your head. <laughs> Which is so crucial, right? I mean, that right there, we talk about that a lot on the show here about deciding what you want to believe, right? You have a choice in your thoughts, right? Like you don't have to believe everything that goes on in your head, right? And sometimes I think that's a shock to people. Like it was a shock to me when I first realized that. I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to believe everything I think I'm thinking. Like everything I'm thinking is not true. Like I was shocked at that. But it, it, I mean, then I was like, oh, okay. So this is how this can go for me, right? Like totally different, like a 180 on the, my, it's like, I, I felt like, um, you know, when you go to the eye doctor and they like click those things down and it says like, like one or two, you know, to see how, which one looks better. Like that's how I felt. It like clicked down and I could see clearer once I realized that. And that's, that's the power of understanding this powerful brain and even more so the mind that you have because mm -hmm. once you know you can't unknow right we talk about right we talked about before when it was like hey you used to believe in santa claus before right and you stopped believing in santa claus at some point mm -hmm. you can't ever mm -hmm. go back to truly believing in the santa claus mm -hmm. like, 
you know that's that's not going to happen. But going back into what you were talking about when you were saying you don't have to believe that your thoughts, there's we can break that down and, and think about where your beliefs actually came from. Mm-hmm. And it's like this imprint period between the ages of zero to seven, right? And you've taken in much of the beliefs that you are actually living in. And at first I got pissed off when I, right. when, when I learned that, right? I was yeah, like, yeah. why would nature really do that to us? Mm-hmm. Why would we be so bound by so limited? And when I took a closer look at it, these are conversations I have about, to myself, right? I get pissed <laughs> off at myself and then I talk <laughs> through and then I figure things out. Um, but it's ingenious, right? Because everybody around you, all the things that you are hearing and experiencing are in the now means that the people around you have survived mm-hmm. or the ideas are, around you have survived. They're in the time that you are in, right? So you're, you're just taking all that in. But what happens is as you grow and as, as you start getting closer to that self-actualization, something more in you start, wants to come out, now there's a conflict, Right. There, there's just a conflict between what you desire and what you've been taught to believe. Mm-hmm. And this is where we have a lot of the friction. But when you, tick, when you think about it and you talk about you don't have to believe the thoughts that are running through your head, this is when you become the thinker of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I know like nature has this cruel little game, this ir- ironic <laughs> game that it, it plays when you take a look at it. But you become the thinker of, the, of your thoughts. And what, what that means is that you get to now observe the thoughts that you're in and you get to, and you get to be like, wait a minute, like, that's not really true. And you right. dissect it. And those, you get to see that those thoughts aren't really your thoughts, right? There's, there were actually someone else's thoughts that were ingrained in you somewhere in your past childhood or past lesser adolescence, wh- wherever it might've been. But you get to now you get to decide and be like, wait, that's not true. And I get to decide something else. And what a decision means is that to decide means to cut out. A decision means to cut out. That's a root meaning of the word. An incision is to cut in. A decision is to cut out. So what that means is you have 99 options. You decide to go into one option. Let's say you have 99 doors. You decide to open one door, which literally means 98 other options are no more no more for you right you go through that and now you can align a decision in your mind now that works for Sloan or works for Juan or works for whoever it may it might be with that and that's called a that's a new belief that you have right you start imprinting new beliefs but now you start to understand that your thoughts have never been really your thoughts, those thoughts that you're not enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you know, where did that come from? Right. And I, you know, I talk a a lot on the show too about stories, the stories that we tell ourselves, right? Like, like somebody told us when we were, my mom, this is true. My mom told me when I was probably five or six that I couldn't sing. I was in the car one day and there was a song on the radio and I, being a kid, I just sang out and my mom turned around and said, your voice is as bad as mine. And I never, ever, ever sang so that people could hear me since then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a good voice or not, but I never, you know, I didn't even attempt it after that because of that one, you know, in those impressionable years when, when those, so think about, that's just one thing, but think about, you know, as we go through life, as, you know, as we're growing up and, and, and these things happen, or sometimes we interpret things, right? Like we interpret someone is mad at me or they don't like me or, you know, whatever. And then we start to tell these stories in our head. And I think it's so important to, um, you know, to, to, really be careful with those because the stories aren't true either. But also what you talked about with the decision, like when you make the decision about something, whatever it is, to me, that decision is like, it's the, you know, it's the line you draw. I, I say this a lot, like to the universe, to myself, when I'm talking, like I've drawn a line here, no more of whatever it is. Right. And the, the decision, I think, like you were saying, cut out, but the decision also is a, at least it feels like to me, like a, um, it, it it changes the it, it's almost like it it redirects the energy it, it it stops all the scattered thinking and it gets you focused on one thing 
right? It, it cuts out because that's how I think a lot of times our energy gets, it's so random. Like, like you're talking about working with people to help them decide, make a decision. What is it that you actually want, right? Because I think most of us are just kind of flailing around a lot, like going from thing to thing and we're exhausted because of that or then we're mad because we didn't get what we wanted or, you know, whatever, but we didn't really make the decision, right? We didn't really have the, uh, call it what it is and say, hey, this is what I want. And, and that's how this is going to go, right? A thousand, a thousand, <laughs> a thousand percent, right? Because as you as you said, that decision is a, a drawing a line in the sand where mm -hmm. this is where I'm going. This is where mm -hmm. I'm committing to, right? There's a boundary I'm making with myself and with the world around me. This is where I'm going. Like you said, everyone is scattered. Mm -hmm. They have, say, think of having a compass and the compass is not directed. It's just kind of jumping all over the place. And it, you don't really know where you're going. So you're just going where the needle is telling you at any random, any random cause, you know, but if, if you really calibrate that compass to like point to my true North, this is where yeah. I want to go. Yes. Right. Yes. This is where I want to go. My true North. Now you calibrate it to that. Now what happens is that all that energy that you were spending going Southwest and Northeast <laughs> and all, all these other directions. Mm -hmm. Now you get to hone that in and focus that on your true North. And what happens is why that is so powerful is that it really alleviates the stress of making decisions Yeah, on things in life, whether it's your partner, whether it's like, what food you want to eat, what do you want to wear, <laughs> what job you want to go into, you know, what kind of type of friendships you want. All these decisions now get filtered through that true north. And now you can make a decision in terms of, hey, no, that that doesn't even that doesn't even rock with me on my true north. Why am I even I'm not going to spend time even contemplating on that. It right. Doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Right. And I think, you know, I've noticed in my own life when I make a decision and I'm focused, you know, I'm, I have that straight line path of where I want to go. Now, the line isn't always straight, right? Because we sometimes things take us different ways. And, yep. and that's different than what we we're talking about before, which is scattered all over the place because you have no direction. But it's your attention. Your right. Your attention. Right. And I've, when, I, when I do that, when I focus my intention on the thing that I want, then a lot of that other stuff falls away because I'm simply not focusing on it. Right. It, it doesn't there's no it doesn't even enter my my peripheral because it's it's fallen away because I chose, I made the decision of where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And do you, so do you think that that's why, you know, this is in, in I, I've worked from home for a while now, so I don't see this as much, but I remember when I was working in an office, you know, pretty much everybody that came in the office every day looked so tired. Everyone just looked like, you know, like they were zombies, like walking zombies. Like, so what, what have you seen, like in your experience and in, in working with your clients on, on how being tired relates to all this? So nothing is ever with our bodies, nothing is ever, or just our human condition, right? It's, it's not independent. So it's not like, Hey, the, your thoughts, your thoughts are more clear now, or you're more, you have more intention. And but your your diet and is shit and you're not moving around. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all these things that actually align with that. So when you're tired, it most likely is going to be your, your thoughts and emotions. Right. That's mm -hmm. first because you think and feel so many times. The and there's day. so much energy in that, right? There's so, so much, much energy, energy that I don't think we, we really um, understand that or even realize that. There's so much energy in that, and it also has a real effect on your genetic expression. Mm -hmm. right? there's, there's a newer field developing or being developed called epigenetics, right? Above the, the genes, in which I love and validates which I, what I've always felt, whereas that there's not a determined destiny for you in terms of, hey, you have this gene. Okay, it's, it's a wrap for you. Like there's nothing you can do. Right. There are genes that predispose you to things, but there's also, there's also this beautiful kind of, again, that adaptive essence of our body, that this plasticity that our genes get, get turned on and off. Our genes mm -hmm. are waiting, are waiting for commands. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that thought process and that emotional release is very, very important to it. That's why we have the placebo 
effect. Right? <laughs> and that's why we have even the no- nocebo effect, mm-hmm. right? Where it has the positive regard and negative regard. So if you have someone of power and authority telling you, hey, this is going to work for you, you have like a 30% chance of that thing actually working just based on a new belief because someone told you it should work. Mm-hmm. Right? This is where like most pharmaceutical companies fail getting past that phase, right? With their, with their drugs. Mm-hmm. Your belief is usually better than most of the drugs tr- trying to get pushed out there. Right? 100% agree on that. Yes. Uh-huh. So now on the other side of it, when we have the nocebo effect, when you have someone of power and authority telling you, hey, you're going to die in X amount of time and you take that in and you believe it, you're signaling your body. Let's start. Let's get ready for down regulation, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. You, that life almost gets taken away from you because you're like, hey, this person knows what they're talking about. And I only have three months to live. Right. I'm not and I'm not saying just put aside, you know, serious illness, but we have to really be conscious of what we let enter our heads. Yes. It's something more at play. Right. When I, we talk about the esoteric, the spiritual <laughs> aspect of things. Um, 100% agree. That's why I'm that, laughing. I'm laughing because I agree. And I've. Yes. And I think, you know, we are our own expert when it comes to our body. Right. And I feel like, you're you know, the best doctor in the room. Exactly. And, you know, again, not trying to downplay, you know, there's reasons for, you know, reasons for going to a doctor and we're not going to get into that today. But what, what I really feel like what you were just saying, like somebody telling you something, cause I know I, you know, I've, ex- I'm sure everybody has experienced. Well, I, I, I'll give you an example. I had a, um, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, I was, I don't know, somewhere in my twenties. And, um, the, I have had a bone condition where my heel, my back heel, the whole heel was essentially hollow. I was born that way. And it was extremely rare. They didn't know if they were going to be able to operate on it. The insurance didn't want to pay because basically they did, I think four total surgeries like that in the whole U S per year, like on average. So I had the surgery in, you know, the doctor kept telling me, I don't know if you're going to walk again. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like I'm walking, watch me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was so, it would make me so mad when he would say that. And so I had the surgery and, um, you know, there's really no protocol for it because the doctor had never done it before. And I remember, so during this, I had to, my foot was, um, you know, obviously I had to be on crutches and my foot was up and, you know, my ho- trying to work my Achilles tendon back during this whole thing was probably the worst because it felt like, you know, it had been, my foot was basically like hung down for like probably close to like a month, something like mm-hmm. that. So getting that going, like working it with the resistance band and all that, you know, and I would go to the doctor and he'd say, oh, you can start using the resistance band now. And I'm like, I've been using that for two weeks. And he was like, what? You know, and long story short, two months after the surgery, I was on the treadmill running again. And wow. it was fine after that. And I'm like, you are not going to sit here. And I remember I was laying in the bed because I had to go to my parents because I couldn't walk, obviously. And I needed, had to stay there for a little bit. And I, my mom was crying and I was, I, and I was crying. I said, this is not the end for me. I am not, this isn't, no, this isn't how this is going to go. And it, it didn't because I made that decision, right? I could have went the other way easily, yes. especially in that case. Cause there was not a lot of, there was not a lot of anything to back up my, my belief, but I, that's what I chose. And I think it's, it's the same with, with anything. I mean, we're, and and, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about with, you know, approaching, you know, health and wellness and fitness, let's say differently than maybe people are used to hearing, or that I would say like the mainstream approach, a lot of this requires us to trust ourselves, And I don't think that's something most people are that comfortable with doing. Yeah, that's, that's one of those, that's one of those things. It's, because first of all, going back to your story, um, remarkable, you know, two months and running on the treadmill. And that's one of those things where you make that powerful decision, mm-hmm. right? And then it's just, it, it's such a powerful thing where you're like, no, this is not going to be my reality. Right. And it's a reason why they talk about many people that retire a lot of times soon die after they retire right? because their identity is caught up in work. Mm-hmm. Right? working has they, been their identity so now that they're not working anymore they don't have they don't have the sense of purpose and they don't have that that call for a lifeline so think about like in spiritual terms and we'll get more practical in a second but let me get spiritual for a second right so in, in spiritual terms 
I believe that your, your spirit gives you a credit line for your life force. If you have something to live for, right, you're, you're going to, your body is going to react to that. Your cells, every cell is eavesdropping on your thoughts and emotions. And in that sense, when my purpose is gone, right, I, I start to kind of whether my body language changes, my posture mm -hmm. changes, the way I speak changes. I'm not energized. And this is why I'm big on energy, right? You don't see, you don't see people that are sad and depressed energized, right? right? It's like right. there's certain positions that your body takes when you're energized. This is why I have that picture where my heart is open. I'm I'm open and I'm more like in a victorious position. Or even yes. if you're even if you're in a hugging position, like waiting for a hug, you are open, right? That it, it's an elated kind of kind of posture even when you're dancing and you're jumping you don't do those things when you're sad right you're right? more with john you're like john in you're you want right. you know you're, closed you're off trapped, arms crossed yeah 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 um so it's it's very important going into that to that body language where we start to actually see how how people how people feel and it manifests in your tissues because your emotions live in your tissues you know and going in, into that notion is is going back to what you were talking about that people don't trust themselves right because they've been in they've been in a group of individuals and basically indoctrinated right in whether it's <laughs> a, a lie yes family mm -hmm. whether it's tribe <laughs> mm -hmm. every you've been all these people do the same thing so mm -hmm. when you seek and you have an idea come to you that's different from that. Of course, you're not going to trust yourself because it's against goes against everything you've ever been taught. Right. So now it's okay. Now you're going on a search, but you know, it's a truth, right? You know, you know, it is because you're just pulled to it. Now, when you do things that are opposite, you feel some type of way. And now your duty is to find other people and connect with other people that are essentially kind of think outside the the norm as well right that, yeah that support your support your new belief or support your your new whatever it is right your new like-minded right exactly have to support your specific belief but you're like this person thinks different you know mm -hmm. this person is talking you know not just about let me you know I hate my job. Let me go to work. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> oh, Sunday night. I hate it. I got to get yeah, up to my no, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. this person isn't talking about that. This person isn't talking like, man, I don't want to go home to oh my wife and kids. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I yeah. want to be around men. Like I, I, <laughs> I want to be around men. They're like, I, I can't wait to go back. I miss my child. I miss my wife. Right? Exactly. Like, I, we. I don't. I don't want that. Right. So you start to you start to awaken and there's things that happen to your body when you start to awaken. That's a that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but but yeah, you start to you start to seek out. But at the same time, you start to doubt yourself because you're in an environment how we talked about, hey, you can't get well in the same environment that got you ill or right. uh, dis ease. Right. Let's break down that word a dis ease. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. So if you try to stay in that environment. While having this new concept and idea and trying to manifest that, right, consciously, and it takes work and energy, this is why we want to focus, that's going to be very, very difficult, extremely hard, because they're always going to know, and they love you, right? That no one, like most right. people around you are not trying to hold you down consciously, they, they're trying to do what they think is right for you. Right. For you. It's not, it's really not their, it's not up to them. Right. It's not up to them. And one of the things I, I, I try to tell people is don't get pissed off at the people that love you the most mm -hmm. it, when they don't support your vision. Your, your vision is not there for them to support. You have to support your vision. Right. You have to feed it ideas and time and create those boundaries because people won't start believing in you until they see that you believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, making that decision. And you, you draw the line and this is how it's going to go. I mean, when I changed my life and moved to Nashville, that was the theme. It was people, everyone get in formation here. This is how this is going to go. Right. So line up and get in formation and make it happen. 
right? And, and it did. It did because I was so sure of that. I didn't have to know the answers. I didn't have to know, you know, how it was going to work, but I trusted that it was. And all I did was take the next logical step and show up. And it was, it was like the whole red carpet was rolled out. Like that's, that's, I still describe that was three years ago. And I still describe it that way because that's literally what happened because I also, because I just, I didn't, I, I just didn't care enough about the bad thoughts that I had about it. Right. I, I had them, they were there, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't lean into them or I didn't really entertain them. I mean, from time to time I did, uh, you know, but it wasn't where I stayed all the time. I stayed the other, the majority of the time was in that, like you're, you're explaining the picture and, and the pictures on one's website. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes, but it was like that open up my arms up, like, and I would actually do that sometimes like stand up in my arms, like, you know, bring me like, I'm ready, like bring me more, you know, like I'm ready for this. And I think, you know, I think going back to that, trusting yourself, I mean, you know, that is so crucial. It's because when you trust yourself and you believe that you know the right thing and you know the way to go and you know that what you're doing is right for you. Again, that's when people start respond differently, start to respond differently to you because they see you've changed. And so then they're going to change, but they're not going to change for you to change, right? It doesn't work that way. You change first and Uh, then they change. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, you, you, you said it so well, because when they, when they start seeing you change and you going into what you're called to do, most are not going to go with you. Most, most are going to stay in that comfort zone of right. what, what it is, but you'll start seeing some start to join you and like, Hey, start asking for some advice and start having like these discussions with you. And Hey, you're, you're there for the people that are willing to put their hand out for help and, and pick them up, you know? It, and it's one of those things where it's easy to say, trust yourself, but let's, let's break that down. So if, you are a thinker of your thoughts and you see that the thoughts that you've always had wasn't really your thoughts and those thoughts have not led you to the belief that serve you which lead you has led you to a life that you do not want to live so by by nature you've actually trusted everybody else and it hasn't gotten you where you wanted to right right, right. you trusted everybody else's call and now you're like, well, I can take some and leave some, but I'm not where I want to be. So now when you step back, you're like, okay, what do I really desire? So the, the thing that's left is let me look inside and really see what I desire. And I must try something different. And this is scary or I like Change to say always is, right? <laughs> excited, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. an excitement because your, your spirit, your soul doesn't really know too much of what fear is. It just wants to be excited, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's excitement. And your body physiologically goes through the same same changes, right? Your, your, your breath gets short. Your heartbeat just gets rapid, right? You sweaty palms, mm-hmm. dry mm-hmm. mouth. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm scared. But society has just taught you to, to receive those sensations and interpret them as fear. Now, what if we receive those sensations like, oh shit, I'm excited. I'm excited AF, you know? Like, right. this, is, this is a bit of excitement here. I, I, can't, I can't wait to do this and figure this out. But like, what I was saying is like, the, the thing that's left is what, is, what is your take? Cause you've never really asked yourself what you right. want. Right. Right. Taking what everybody has been giving you mm-hmm. and it got you some success perhaps depending on where you are but are you fulfilled everyone talks about happiness and happiness is kind of fleeting right you're you're happy one moment you get a call and okay that's everything everything is different right and what about fulfillment what about you really getting and stepping one step in front of the other and feeling fulfilled in that that you are tapping into your potential every single day mhm that's that fulfillment. And yes, when we do that, we get those happy moments more often than not, right? We get more of those happy moments. And that's dope. We want that. I'm not saying don't be happy, but a lot of people bank on that happiness as an, a reaction to an event. And right. It's conditional. Yes. It's very yeah. conditional. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, you know, a lot of this, I know we're running out of time and, um, I knew we would because I knew <laughs> I knew you and I would have a lot to talk about. But I think, you know, what you talked about at the beginning about your in your coaching program and the four pillars and that deciding and, you know, what what does what do you really want? Right. Being able to really, you know, 
articulate that, understand that, look into that and, and know that that's okay. Right. Trust yourself enough to know that what you want is, is what, what's for you. Right. Because like, I I've talked about this on the show before, like, you know, I've never wanted to be an astronaut, let's say that just didn't appeal to me. Right. It was nothing. It was just never in my, but I wanted to do, you know, this, that, and the other. So, so that's how I, I use that example because that's how, you know, the thing that you want is for you because you're not going to go after something that just simply isn't for you because it won't even have your interest. Like it won't even have your attention, right? There's, it, it just won't enter your, your, your peripheral. But then, you know, in what you were talking about also with that, like, um, I felt like for so long that I was living my life on the sidelines, like, because I was listening to everybody else. I wasn't listening to myself and I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't feel fulfilled for that reason because I was listening to everybody else. And I was like, when's my life get to start? Right. Like that's how, that was the feel. That was the story I told myself. And that's, that, that was the feeling that I had, but um, you know, here are three, four years later and you know, my life's totally different. So it, it, you don't have to, you're, nobody is stuck. I guess that's what I was getting at with that is nobody is stuck where they are. There's always, we are always learning. We are always growing and, and change is part of being human. And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Oh man, that's, that's right on. Because no one taught us, no one taught us the remarkable tool that we have, mm-hmm. which is our imagination, our creative imagination, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Then on top of that, the the emotional component with that, no one teaches us what are emotions, how to go into it, and how to maneuver and have emotional agility. And then on top of that, you know how to how to use it to develop the skill set for that. And that's really what creates your life. Mm-hmm. You have that control because of your thought process and your emotional your emotional agility to really get through that. And real quick, I want to, what should I go into? I'll go into emotions real quick, right? Cause I want, I want your, I want your people to really have this, this notion of the two states of emotions mm-hmm. and it's either a empowering emotional state or disempowering emotional state. And what mm-hmm. that means is you're either enjoy love, oneness, like humility, curiosity. This is the empowering. The disempowering emotional state is like frustration, like anger, mm-hmm. anxiety, those things that really have a low level vibration, right? Think about it. Are you going to dance when you feel this or you're not going to dance when you feel this? Just a, 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 an easy kind of compass. And what whoever created this thing, you know, call it God, Allah, source, creator, however you want to name it put this compass inside of us called our emotions because mm-hmm. thoughts can lie to you. It can really get, get all caught up, but your emotional, when you understand the emotional states where you're in one or the other, cause you, you're not, you can't be in both. You're either in one or the other. Now you get to maneuver with that. When you understand you're in a disempowered emotional state, what that means is not that you shouldn't feel it. And this is a big one I see. That, man, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. As soon as you say you shouldn't be feeling the way that you are feeling, you're you're right away in that instant, you're rejecting yourself. Right. Which is calling. Which bring, and brings up a whole another set yeah. of emotions and That's things, a, right? It, it, down it, a whole different thing. Yeah, exactly. So it can get real slippery real quick. Yep. So when you when you accept that and understand that and treat yourself with compassion, I like to say compassionately challenge yourself, right? Compassion is not complacency. There's a difference. I'm not saying being passive, like, oh, yeah, I feel bad. I'm just going to stay here. It's like when you're in that disempowered kind of emotional state, understand that it's just a call to let you know that you're off road, that you're going the wrong way. And now when you understand you're going the wrong way and your purpose in your world is to live as much as possible in the empowered state, that's when we're tethered to our guiding true north now when we accept these quote-unquote negative states and we see like okay this is a feeling i don't like this feeling what does this mean as soon as you ask a question right you're in the curiosity state and you get to figure out more of why is this happening or what's going on even if you don't come up with the answer you give yourself a the gap of not being so reactive because when i'm angry boom this happens when i'm anxious boom this happens right so you're caught up. We're caught up usually in this hypnotic state of past of our past life. And when I say past life, I'm, I just mean the older you, 
the younger yeah, you that expecting develops, the same results. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're just hypnotic with it. It's just automatic. And there's a reason for that because the neural circuitry in your brain has kind of made this groove with that. Um, but understanding those two emotional states and navigating through that to, to have more agility and understand, hey, this when I'm in this like, negative state, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. I want people right. to like, yes. I'm not broken. Like you are not broken. This is a system that's that's working for you at all the time. Yes. But somewhere along the lines, somebody or society told us you're not supposed to be feeling like this. This mm -hmm. shouldn't be it, right? The emotion, being emotional is bad. When we know that your actions, we're emotional beings. Are, and it's are, okay. It's okay to, yeah, it's okay. And, you know, I found in my own life that, some, you know, if I want to get to A to B, let's say, and, you know, going along and something happens that I deem is bad, what I can look back later and usually see is that thing I thought was bad actually caused a redirect or caused me to do something different that got me where I wanted to go in the end. It wasn't the way, you know, it wasn't the smooth sailing necessarily that I, I expected, but it, it got me where I wanted to go. So the, the, the things we deem quote bad, I think can also, you know, they, they have a purpose and I, and it's, it's, it, it doesn't mean it's a, it, yeah, it's not out to get us. And, um, I think that's important to remember. Um, okay. I know we're, we're over time and, um, I just love talking to you. I know we could talk for hours, but I wanted to ask you one last Thanks. question before we wrap up. Um, so what's one thing that the listeners can do right now that will change how they live their days? All right. Don't think I'm weird. <laughs> strange, but you're talking to me. No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I like to look at death, right? Mm -hmm. I like to look at death and have death enrich our life. This is like that ironic life thing again. And when you have, when you're able to have um, that deeper relationship with death and understand, hey, everyone that's ever lived has passed away. Everyone that's living is going to pass away. But in, I know that's a little morbid, but in this essence with that one thing, ask yourself if today was your last day, you know what, and you look back, what thing would you regret not doing? Mm-hmm. What would that be? And so when I, before I left the, the fitness industry and get, getting out of the corporation that I was under, that's one of the questions I asked myself, like, would I be okay? Like, if this was my last day, not like 20 years from now, like today, if mm -hmm. today was my last day, what, what would I regret? And it was like, man, I would regret not stepping out and serving people on a deeper level, knowing what I know. Right. That would be shameful to me. I would just... I would be like, man, I just, I just wished I would have just seen what it was like, just being able to be, go on my own and develop something to serve others, um, deeper, you know, and when you, and when you do that, you, you get a powerful grasp on it because you realize one, you're not dying today. <laughs> right. So right. then you have all the resources at your disposal to make that thing that you would have regretted happen therefore you no longer are going to live in regret you are living more in fulfillment because you're taking steps towards that thing that you identified that would have been the missing link if you were to leave so right. just just by taking that audit and taking that step forward with that from that question that right there can lead you into more fulfilling days and people, people forget, if you get more fulfilling days, these things are the building blocks of your life. Right. So live more generously each day or live in more fulfillment each day or live with more grace each day. And those days are your building blocks of your life. So now you're living graciously, right? You are living a fulfilled life because you infuse that in each part of your day. So don't get caught up in that overall big life purpose. If that's kind of scary for you, just think about your every single day. Yeah. The little, the days make up your life, right? Yeah. You know, and I, I love that. I think that that's a great perspective. And as you were talking about that, it was, it, you know, what we talked about earlier about the, the person who retires and then dies shortly after because they don't 
know their purpose or they didn't, or it, who knows, but you know what I mean? That when, so having your purpose and, and being able to go after it, I think that's energizing, right? That's, that's that, um, life force that we talk about, right? Like that's your, that's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to live. We're not here to just wither and die on the vine. So, um, one, I want to thank you so much for being a guest this week. Um, if you want to contact Juan, his website is thrive212.com and his email is coaching at thrive212.com. And I'll link to both of this in the show notes as well as his Instagram. And, um, oh, before we go, I want to talk about the song. <laughs> so <laughs> so as when I have guests on the show, I always ask them to pick an intro and outro song. And Juan just picked one song. So we're using this song for the intro and the outro. But I want you to talk a little bit about it, what the song means to you and why you chose it. Oh, it's uh, I Know There's Gonna Be. And I Know There's Gonna Be Good Times. You know, and that's by... Uh, Jamie Double X, um, Pop Can, Young Thug, and it's just a uplifting song. Where if I find myself too low and getting off the path where I'm focusing on what can go wrong, I'm like, okay, hit that song up, you know. Mm -hmm. And it just it gets you in that vibe where it's like, and just the wording. I know there's going to be good times. I know there's going to be good times because we can use that hindsight. It's one of the principles I use, the hindsight 2020, the 2020 hindsight principle, right? Where you look at, hey, this sucks right now. But I know every single time in my life when something sucked, something came out of that. Right. And it was that, like, this is 100%. Like 100% of the time when something sucked in your life, something good came out of it. No, there's no fault in that. Right. right? So, and, and we a lot of times forget that faith of we would never question someone that always came through for us a hundred percent of the time. Right. Right. Time, right. So that song is that that song uh, initiates that hindsight principle, that 2020 principle that, that I have like, Hey, okay. Remember, remember that. And um, yeah, it puts me in that zone and it's well, a, it's a go-to. I like, I love that. And and that's one of the reasons why I love asking guests for their music choices because it, A, it introduces me to new songs, but also um, it gives me, like you're saying, like I played this and then I played it again because it's very catchy. And then I was, I was somewhere and, you know, doing whatever around the house and the song popped in my head. And, you know, I think I was actually kind of feeling a little like starting to get, like I was thinking about something that wasn't exactly good and that song popped in my head. And so I love that, you know, the universe speaks to us, at least to me through songs. And so um, I, I love your, your thoughts on that. And I like the song. So good pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you um, for for the invite. This was a pleasure. Like like we talked about, we could talk about this for for weeks. We, we definitely could. I'll have you back again, and we'll it talk about something else. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. All right. So that's it for this week on our topic of creating your own energized life blueprint. I would love to know what you think of the episode. If you have questions, I would love to hear from you. You can email me sloanfremont at gmail.com. My website is sloanfremont.com and you can also find me on social media at sloanfremont. If you like the podcast, please remember subscribe, rate, review so more people can find me. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening this week and I will talk to you next week. Like, right? I'll make you see this time.